Welcome to Eastlake. We are an inclusive faith community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, seeking to live out a more just and life-giving spirituality in the modern world. We see faith as less about doctrines and dogmas demanding total agreement, but a life to be lived, enjoyed, and given away to others. What unites us is a growing awareness that life is a gift and love is the point. We welcome the entire human family, regardless of race, age, creed, physical abilities, marital or economic status, gender identity, or sexual orientation. So if you are curious and have come to see, if you are tired and have come to rest, if you are grateful and have come to share, if you are journeying and have come to grow, if you are wounded and have come to heal, if you are joyful and have come to shine, welcome home. Today, Kristen Birchinell talks with Bill and Laura Irish as they continue our series on parenting. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. I am. Although I went to confirm my settings and Zoom did an update and all the recording settings were different. So I was oh. like scrolling back through old emails from Aaron Sternke about which things have to be checked. So Aaron, I missed yeah. something. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> did my best. <laughs> okay. Perfect. All right. Well, East Lake, I am here today with Bill and Laura Irish. And I'm so glad to have you guys here. Thank you for agreeing to talk with me about teenagers. Our pleasure. You bet. I remember in the Juanita gym, I think I must've been like holding a baby or I don't know what. And I remember talking to you, Laura, and you were in the midst of teenagers and you were like, I just love teenagers so much. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. And I feel yeah. like even with all of these stages, I feel like people talk about like, oh, it's so hard and parenting is hard. Mm -hmm. But I distinctly remember that moment. And it was so refreshing to hear from someone who was just like, oh, I just love whatever stage they're in. I think yeah. you kind of get caught up in the, you know, this is so hard and this is difficult. And I was just telling you guys before we started recording about, you know, both my kids in elementary school and crying and don't want to go and all that. I'm sure it feels like a really long time ago for you guys, but I just appreciate that perspective. So I wanted yeah. to start by asking you guys, as we're going to dive into teenagers, which also I have to say, like this, a lot of my questions are going to be like stereotypes and things that I've heard because I haven't had teenagers yet, mm -hmm. but I wanted to start by asking you, what is so great? What is really, really great about the teenage years? Well, I think for me, the reason why I said that was, and boys in particular, I think I experienced them being really, really busy and loud and dirty growing up. And then once they got kind of out of that phase, they just opened up and then more of an emotional relationship um, could happen in those later years. And um, I just enjoyed 
the way their brain worked. I thought they had so many interesting um, views about their life and the world. I thought they were super interesting. I thought they were really, really funny and they just became easier. And I don't know if that's everybody's story, having teenage boys being easy or easier, but that was my experience. Our experience is they just kept kind of getting easier, more and more interesting and funnier, really, really fun to be around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, I remember you said that, uh, that you liked your, your guy friends growing up in high school. And I think that having our boys kind of reminded you of how much fun you had with your guy friends. Very much so it so. kind of carried on into parenthood. Um, and I agree that it, it does, it does allow you to kind of start to foster the friendship that you ultimately want to have. You want to transition during these years from parent, keep you from, you know, falling over and hitting your head on the table to, you know, eventually having a relationship with them as more of a peer eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of that transition period. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I probably should have started by asking you, can you tell people um, the kids that you have and how old they are at this point? Yeah, two boys. Um, Ethan just turned 21 and is a junior up in college up at Western. And Ben just turned 19. He's a freshman up at Western. Oh my gosh, that seems so far away for me. But like, I know. (laughs) I know. I, I can't even say that it went super, super fast. You were talking before we recorded um, about, you know, elementary school. And there's part of me that thinks that feels not that long ago. And there's another part of it thinks like that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there were seasons, I think that we experienced, oh, things are going really, really fast, but it just really kind of went along. And I think it's harder to believe that they are 19 and 21. Those numbers are weird, but (laughs) they as people being young men now doesn't feel too weird. No. For me. Yeah. 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 I remember grammar school seems like that took a long time. That was a long season. But then man, you get through, well, we had junior high. I think now it's be middle school, but that's just three years. And boy, that just is in a flash. You're through those. It seems like, yeah, Yeah. that went faster. Yeah. That's true. Different seasons. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think back about my teenage years and what I remember about my parents mm-hmm. and their parenting. Um, and I don't know if this is encouraging or discouraging. It's just the reality. I don't remember a lot. It's yeah. very consuming as a teenager. You're, you're very outwardly focused in terms of like friends and school and activities and all of these things and discovering who you are. And I look back and I have very like positive memories associated with my parents. Um, but like specifics, I remember like a few, like, of course, like blowout arguments, you know, (laughs) between me and my mom and my dad mediating in the middle was kind of the way it went at our house. Um, But it was just interesting to be like, I know the parenting is so active and present and all of those things. Um, But it's so interesting as an adult to look back and be like, there's just like, there's a few moments here and there where I really remember things that my parents did, but otherwise it was just kind of their, their presence I think is just the memory yeah yeah um when you think about um your kids you when we had emailed about this you were like maybe you should interview our kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) we I we feel like imposters sitting here I don't have no idea why we're here (laughs) let's get Ethan and Ben over here to tell you like how how it all went down parents with teenage girls I think that's a whole different story that might be yeah yeah 
Well, maybe I'll do a follow up with your boys and they can, yeah. they yeah, can yeah. watch like the Manning cast on Sunday night or Monday night football and they can like add their commentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of were you, what would you hope they would remember about your parenting throughout those kind of middle school, junior high, high school years? Yeah, hopefully um, that some guidance was offered and that home was a safe place to land, that mm -hmm. home was a real comfort. Um, that was always a goal for me because I always felt that way about my home. And uh, I, I wanted to foster that with our home as well. So what about you? Yeah, I, you know, like you, Kristen, I think back to my teenage years and um, my parents were kind of a fixture in the home. But there wasn't, I don't have this large memory of lots of soulful interaction. They were going to work. I was going to school. I was doing sports. I was doing some music. And, you know, we rarely ate dinner together because I had an after school job. And none of this is a negative. It's just a, a, a memory, an observation. And I enjoyed the fact that um, we had kind of established a little bit more back and forth communication, open mm -hmm. lines of communication. Humor has been huge in our family. Yeah. It's been um, a great way to communicate. It's also been a really great diffuser mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. things before they get kind of crazy. Um, and so I, I think when I look back at the teenage years, like Bill said, I loved that I think we created a home that they enjoyed being in to the degree that we wondered if they were ever going to move out. Yeah. It was <laughs> super extra comfortable. Um, so um, I loved that aspect. And I think yeah. just our communication style as a family was um, open and, and fun, lighthearted. So when we had to have some tough conversations, there had already been kind of established a lightness and it made for a little bit easier conversations, I think. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed that a lot. One of my questions that I had sent you ahead of time and this kind of, I think you answered some of it, but was like, what were some groundwork, like bricks that you tried to lay mm -hmm. earlier on in their childhood to kind of foster that kind of environment? What were some, like, do you remember some tangible things that you really valued and tried to instill in your family early on that benefited you in those teenage years? Talked about yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, as a, I was a stay at home mom when the boys were younger and we spent a lot of time in the car, just, you know, running to Costco, running to and from school. And I always told them that any conversation in the car that they wanted to have was, there was nothing off limits that they always knew that they could have that safe space to, um, express, you know, anger, frustration, ask questions, kind of whatever. So I really, I really, really loved those conversations. And we, and we really talked about everything, honestly, so that by the time they got to be teenagers, um, I guess we just had established that there were no conversations that were off limits. And so when things had a, a higher emotional or um, even physical price tag attached to them, it wasn't out of the ordinary to talk about things that I guess socially would be deemed a little difficult. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't feel as difficult once they got older. 
That's yeah, point. and I think one thing I observed about you that I try to uh, do as well as you're very curious about, you ask a lot of questions and you're a really mm. good listener. Um, and so I think they felt valued uh, because they knew um, that they had your attention. Mm. And mm. I think just the fact that they knew growing up when I'm, when I'm speaking that my parent is listening, I think instills something that they feel of value. So I think that helps in the teenage years that you don't have to establish the fact that do they value me at all as a, what I have to say, that's kind of already happened all along mm -hmm. the way. Um, so I think that I, I, I have learned a lot from parenting, from watching Laura, actually. I think she has wisdom in a lot of ways that I don't. So I tried to pick up what I could. So well, that's anyway. nice. yeah, it was tough sometimes to act, um, unfazed by what they would say sometimes and kind of do that. Tell me more about that. Even though I kind of can't believe you just said that. And okay, <laughs> here we go to just, um, really try to show some restraint that nothing they can do, say, think, or feel is shocking, scary, um, unheard of. And I think I just remembered being a kid that there were just certain things that were were off limits. And it just led me to question a lot about, well, why do I think about this? And why am I curious about this thing if it's so wrong, bad, mm -hmm. um, inappropriate? And so that's why the car was the safe place because you know certain conversations aren't always just appropriate everywhere you are. Um, so we just kind of established a safe space. And maybe then, it's also good you're not face-to-face -face because you're driving and they're kind of, you don't, they don't see the look of shock on your face. Maybe I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Something else. There's something else going on to kind of like, yeah. Do, uh -huh. the like face-to-face -face sit down. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I do spend a lot of time in the car with my kids. So I, that's already making me think of like, although today I was telling them they they were like trying to fight each other in the back. And I was like, uh -huh. seatbelts well, on, so you can't reach each other. <laughs> we, I've had some not proud moments in the car too. So it wasn't all, you know. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, my kids were so bad in the car. I pulled over. Yep. We pulled over. <laughs> pulled over. Yes. We pulled over with grandparents in the car too. So that was fun. They're, it's okay. It's okay. No, we have to set this straight right now. <laughs> Do not be nice to these boys right yeah, now. Yeah, they're laughing and we're, don't yeah, laugh. Don't laugh. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah, so I told my kids yeah. that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to drive until they each said something that they liked about the other person. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How long did you have to st stay on the side of the road? Oh, they for cried. That? They both cried. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was trying to be like, let's have some affirmations. And they were like sobbing in the back. Didn't I yeah. know. I know. Working on it. Hey Eastlake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to Eastlake. Eastlake is a nonprofit and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue. So uh, if you're a part of that community, thank you for how you make this place go. If you are tuning in regularly and are part of this community, but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution, we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support Eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible. Thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message. Let's jump back in.
Okay, so one of the things I wondered about is so far in my parenting journey, a lot of the cliches have proven to be true. Mm. Um, I think that's why they're kind of popular cliched yeah. statements. Um, and a lot of those are stereotypes. And I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on like the stereotypes of teenagers. And did you find those to be true? Kind of, first of all, what would we can talk about what some would be, but did you find those to kind of be true? Mm. And maybe not just Ben and Ethan, but you guys, I know we're also just a house that other teenagers mm. felt really comfortable being at. Mm. Um, so I'm curious about like stereotypes about teenagers. Can you tell me that it's not true or <laughs> what should I expect? <laughs> I think some of them like that come to mind are like, you know, just the like, oh, you're embarrassing me, mom. Mm. And like the, I don't want to be around my parents and the, you know, grasping for freedoms and fighting boundaries. And um, I don't know. I think those are some of the ones that come to mind first, but yeah. if you have other ones and yeah. then kind of what's your comment yeah, on I mean, that? Thankfully, we didn't experience some of the stereotypical where the teenager is kind of sulking mm -hmm. and moody. We did get some of that. But like Lara mentioned um, that humor, and it's not like we were just a bunch of walking around <laughs> slapstick and everything, but we would kind of, you know, joke like if one was a sulking teenager, oh, we have a sulking teenager in the room right now to kind of try to bring some levity to the situation. Um, so, uh, but other than that, there weren't a lot of some of those stereotypes. I don't know, what do you think? I think I, you know, when the boys were little and I would think about the teenage years, I would think about the kids that don't want to come out of their room. Um, like you were saying, the, the sulking or aloof or just distant, yeah. um, get out of my space kind of teenager. I also had a great fear of, you know, um, peer pressuring and are they going to make decisions that affect the rest of their lives or the lives of other people? I was real, real fearful and, yeah. and wondered about that. You'd see some parents that struggled with their kids having, you know, drug and alcohol issues and that, that loomed large. I think one of the differences for us is we also had um, COVID was happening at the height of our boys' teenage years. Um, Ethan lost half of his senior year um, to COVID. It started in the middle of his senior year and Ben was home his entire junior year. So, um, you know, they just didn't really have access to lots of things that I think I was fearful of. However, um, we, gosh, how can I even say this? I think had COVID not have even been in existence and they had a, just a, a conventional traditional high school experience, um, that was not something that we were probably going to have to deal with just with the personalities of our kids and, and who they you know chose to run with. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think the things that I feared, the really scary ones did not come to be for lots of different reasons, but even the other ones of sulking aloof, you're, you're embarrassing us. We don't want to be around you. Didn't happen to be our experience yeah. either. Um, and so whether that's unusual or not, at least not that we know of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Telling their friends when you interview different. Ethan and Ben, yeah. they'll say, yeah, we just snowed them. They were totally snowed. Right. They were so embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say. I, 
did you, what kinds of conversations did you have with them about, I mean, I know COVID happened, but you were obviously talking with them ahead of time in preparation for like the peer stuff yeah. and the, like, how did you guys approach that kind of stuff with them? Mm-hmm. You probably did more than me because you were. Well, this was the joke in our house what? is, well, <laughs> the boys just magically would always <laughs> want to have these very in-depth primarily sexual conversations with me and Bill would just be downstairs in his office playing the guitar, headphones on, just nowhere to be found ever or in the car. The car right. was where this would always happen. I'm just thinking you, you kind of asked for it. I did. Yeah, yeah so there you, you go. Yeah. So, um so it was just kind of funny that that these conversations happened a lot of times between me and the boys. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated getting to have those conversations. But sometimes I was like, you're the one that needs to talk about, you know, this fill in the blank yeah, situation. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. um, the other thing, too, that I think is is different, maybe about our boys, because my girlfriends that have boys will say that their kids are not interested in having a lot of conversations for some reason. Mm-hmm. Ethan and Ben are. Well, I think this might be a big reason. Right maybe here. the apple doesn't <laughs> fall far from the tree. Yeah. Well, I think again, it, it comes back to you genuinely being curious and listening. Mm. And so they, it, I think they just were engaged. And so you kind of set that tone from very little. And I think that just kind of kept going. And I was along for the ride, I think, in some of that. But I'm also. A curious person and I like to ask questions not to the extent that you do um, but I think that helped just through the teenage years keep that going and, and just foster a good relationship so I think facing some of these typical challenges whether it's drugs and I mean I you know COVID was at one point but there was a lot of stuff that could have happened when they're 13 14 15 sure. but, um, thankfully we don't think we had to deal with much and you know, I think the relationship was was great in the sense that they almost couldn't help telling us some things like, oh, well, we did this. Like, oh, okay. And again, <laughs> Laura, Laura said, trying not to be too shocked, but just like, well, what did you think about that? And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So the relationship aspect is so huge. I remember, um, I think Ryan said this at one point that statistically speaking, oftentimes dads, when their son, maybe daughter too, turns 10, they kind of stop going into the bedroom. Um, there's this point where the, they kind of consider the bedroom off limits. And I tried to remember that and always kind of go into the boys' rooms to kind of reproach them, approach them and, and pursue them um, uh, throughout those teenage years as well, when it might've been the inclination to kind of, oh, you know. Oh, the door's closed. The door's I'll closed. Just yeah. Pass on by, yeah. Right, yeah. So I tried to always remember that as well. Again, back to relationship and not that, you know, you want to be their best friend because there's definitely parenting involved, but parenting is a relationship it is. and it's just an evolving one. Unfortunately, I remember a friend of mine told me that tough thing about parenting is that you don't change necessarily. I mean, you do, uh, but you're an adult and you've kind of established who you are, but this person that you're raising is changing this whole time. You have to kind of adapt how you relate to them from like, Oh, you're so cute. Well, you're not going to do that to a, <laughs> as they get older, you have to kind of, it's a difficult dance that we're, that we're in. Yeah. I think when I was finding that I was parenting out of fear, I would avoid certain conversations um, versus just saying, Hey, 
what do you think about fill in the blank? What do you think about smoking marijuana? What do you think about kids in junior high that are sexually active with their boyfriends and girlfriends? Mm -hmm. And just look at them and listen to their answer versus I feel like the way that maybe our generation or, or my family in particular, either A, didn't talk about it, or if you did, it was more, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. how it is and how you should think and feel and believe and, yeah. and behave. Um, and so that was a, a bit of a departure from that. It's scary to ask that question and um, promise yourself and promise the kid that you're going to be not necessarily okay with the answer, but okay hearing the answer and then then furthering the conversation of, well, tell me more about this and how did you come to this conclusion? And parenting out of fear caused me to um, not enjoy parenting and to really um, be afraid of the whole thing. But parenting out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, curiosity is huge. Curiosity, um, really was a helpful tool Mm -hmm. to eliminate a lot of that um, typically scary part, I guess. And I think one of the things that I recall doing is um, parenting differently too, depending upon their personality. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, we have two boys and um, one of the things uh, I knew that our younger one was going to be more into team sports. We kind of figured out that the older one wasn't going to so rather than force, you're going to play this, you're going to, I think he would have rebelled. I think, I think um, it would not have gone well for us. Mm-hmm. And so I think, but, but, but then I, I think we knew we could encourage and say, we really think you should do this. And thankfully he went along with, it and he really had a great time. Um, but so just not having the same objectives for each child because each child is a little different yeah um, at least ours ours were too uh, different in that sense yeah yeah my kids are I feel like radically different already yeah at mm-hmm. five and seven so I imagine as teenagers they will be too yeah and I, I can't remember you said you have a daughter is your other child a daughter or I mean I, I have a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old son. okay yeah, yeah yeah okay <laughs> So you're going to get the whole, yeah, you get the whole gamut. Yeah. I was just thinking too, like Andy's so good at all of the like hard conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I get really scared about, mm-hmm. you know, the parenting out of fear. And I think I'm trying to figure out, cause when you said that, that really hit me and I'm like, what am I scared of? And I'm like, I think yeah. I'm scared of like messing it up and totally. yeah. doing yeah. it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also like, thank goodness I have a partner. Yeah, oh, <laughs> totally. huge. I know. Um, Especially one that you've got, you've got your own strengths, I'm sure, and Andy does as well. And yeah. They complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's I was going to ask, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's that fine line of, I know what's best for you. Hmm. And no, I really don't know what's best for you. I don't know what your life path is, what your journey is but I can sure come along this ride with you and do my best to run interference if I see something kind of going south. But I think the sooner that I realized they are not my property, I don't ultimately, I can't know exactly what is right and best for them. That made parenting 
a lot more enjoyable and turned into curiosity versus, you know, subtle or overt dictatorship. Well, I was going to say, it reminded me when you said that they're not my property, but also how they turn out mm. is not a reflection on me. I think early on, that was always like the worry, like I'm going to look bad as a parent. It was about mm. me, not about them, Yeah, mm. which I think is obviously not the right way to go about it, but yeah. I heard somebody say, I can't get take credit um, if they don't turn out great, which I don't know what that even means, but right. <laughs> I also can't take credit if they turn out stellar. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm just not that powerful. And it ends up, like you were saying, being more about me mm -hmm. than the actual kid, the actual person. They are these individuals that just happened to come from our bodies. And, um, but we don't own them and um, how they turn out. I don't know if I even really like that, but um, is can't always be a reflection of our parenting. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's comforting um, to hear and also just kind of like affirms what I'm already discovering, which is my kids are, they already are who they are. Totally. And so much of it is just kind of like uncovering and yeah. discovering what's yeah. already inside of them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I think where you can bring your wisdom is you, you know, a person like that, that has the personality traits of, you know, either your son or your daughter, how does a person with those personality traits thrive? Mm -hmm. What environment are they typically thriving in for, for our oldest one? He did typically well by himself and the other one did more, you know, did better in team things. So it's like trying to see how the personality thrives and try to foster that kind of, yeah environment or whatever experience, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. That's true. Um, Bevan, who's been doing some messages for us about parenting, she's a parenting coach. And you guys have already touched on this a little bit, but she talked about just the goal of maintaining connection. Yeah. Um, and besides kind of creating that safe space for them to feel that with you, what kinds of things did you guys do to kind of maintain that yeah. connection with your boys during a time when you know, it seems like teenagers can shut the door to their room. And, mm -hmm. um, but what kinds of things as a family did you do to facilitate staying connected? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I, I, uh, I remember trying to remember what it was like to be a kid. And I had a, I have a, I have fond memories of my childhood. And so, um, I remember trying to almost put myself in their shoes, like remembering back, what did I like? You know, the magic of Christmas, for example. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so just trying to remember what it was like to be their age and then um, relate to them on that level in some respects. You were also really, really good about um, identifying what they were interested in. Ethan, our older one, took a real interest in um, all things remote control, you know, trains, you had gone to the Seattle train show right. with your dad a lot. <laughs> and it's just interesting as a mom, the parenting is very intensely mom sided for a lot of years. Cause you're, you know, the, the dad, you know, typically is off at work or whatever. And, um, the mom just, it, for me, it felt like there was just a lot more daily and intense. There's a, a season where you kind of hand over the baton a little bit and you were then able, especially being the dad of boys, um, could step in and 
this and they happen to be yours quite often. Um, And then you just really created a place for those things to be cultivated and nurtured. Mm -hmm. Um, Mountain biking, you -hmm. like to mountain bike. The boys wanted to do that every, you know, here and there, maybe not quite as much as you did, but just, I I, am snowboarding and skiing. We tried to figure out ways to mini bikes, mm -hmm, yeah, building and Mm -hmm. riding mini bikes. Um, Just, I think finding those things that your kids like and see how you can join in as a family just for that together time. Um, I think you did a really, really good job in fostering and, and nurturing that in particular. Yeah. I do feel like um, for us, it has been a lot of me doing, yeah. you know, it's just, and families look different, but that's yeah, right. For sure. I, I do feel like it's fun to have Andy take more of a mm-hmm. a role in having the hard conversations and mm-hmm. um, so and doing the fun things too because yeah. our kids are yeah you know yeah and I think those conversations whether hard or easy can occur really naturally when you're spending time together with a shared interest. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the car ride there, that there's the activity of actually doing it. I mean, some of my most favorite memories are when the four of us, this is before the boys completely eclipsed me for sure. And you with their skiing and snowboarding ability, when we were all kind of <laughs> equal. And I remember we were just the four of us in a row going down the mountain. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of money to get here and a lot of time. And here we are, you know, and then you get to the lodge and you're, kind of doing a debrief of the different runs you went on. And it was just this really special, special time um, to be together and then have conversations associated with that. And just really sweet. Yeah. I mean, I think even, I think I've heard psychologists say that particularly boys, they open up more when you've got tasks going on, you're doing something. And that's when they'll start talking, not to sit down on the couch with the express purpose of we're going to have a heart to heart talk <laughs> and then. start the conversation that doesn't now. Use, yeah. That doesn't, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's over activities and mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, that's, and that was what was true for us. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I was curious if you have any, like, don't have a better word than mantra, but mm-hmm. mantra or encouraging things to remember that you could pass along to people who are not quite there or to people who are in the thick of it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are there things to kind of like hold on to things to remember? Like if you were to like break it down into something core, like a core message, what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've said that curiosity is huge. And um, so that would be a mantra would be stay curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another would be laughter, um, that it's, it, it, it's so bonding mm-hmm. just in relationships. I don't, I think you can't help if you're laughing with somebody to feel bonded with them, <laughs> whether you're dating or whether you're a parent child relationship, it's just, um, you can't stay mad at somebody if you're laughing with them. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, curiosity, laughter, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I think those are exactly right. And don't be afraid. Yeah. Right. That's you know, parenting out of fear, whether they're two years old or 20 years old is just, um, 
it doesn't benefit anybody. And I realized that there's just not a whole lot to be afraid of, except for my story about something, you know, the reality of what's going on is rarely, if ever scary. And um, so if I can just stay really present with these guys, um, really hear them, tell me more about what you're saying, not be afraid of what they're saying um, and just join, join with them in this really, really special season of their life. I, I, for one, and I think both Bill and I wanted to kind of finish this thing really strong mm-hmm. and not be, you know, slowing down at college just enough for them to jump out the door and like, see you later and, you know, <laughs> burn out. Um, and that that's how it was. It was, it was a really sweet transition to drop them off at college and like, go get them guys. And kind of, we did, we finished strong as far as that intense daily parenting at home. Um, it's a really, really sweet time. And so to stay curious, stay jovial and not be afraid of it, it can be some of the best years of, of parenting. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Yeah. I love hearing that. Cause it, like I said, at the beginning, I think so much of it sounds scary. Yeah. Like there's so many important things that can happen and, um, you know, you're getting ready to send them off and not be yeah. in your home anymore. And have you taught them everything they need to know and all that. So I really appreciate the perspective of just. Yeah. And I think, like we said, this has been our experience and we know yeah. people that are perfectly great parents that have had other experiences. So it's, yeah. unfortunately, it's not, yeah. you can, you, you can't predict how it's going to go. You can just try your best and, mm-hmm. and hope that it goes well, but yeah. Yeah. And that saying of, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Boy, when I was comparing these guys to other families or whatever, it just robbed me oh. of, of who they are. You know, we had some moments early on where other kids were doing things that, that uh, I remember at your class reunion, um, all the kids gather all the kids for a picture. Well, um, Ethan didn't want to be in the picture. And so he was probably, I don't even know how old he was five yeah maybe and so then ben didn't want to be in the picture because ethan didn't want to be in the picture so here we look like these <laughs> parents that can't manage their kids that have these kids that won't do what you tell them so it just we were and we did not laugh about that no at the time. That, yeah. we were it was we were embarrassed <laughs> and humiliated but it's yeah you just get over Good it and grief. laugh about it later mm-hmm. yeah yeah i am um, i'm having this particular issue with one of my kids and uh i'm seeing a therapist again for the first time in a long time, which has been so great. And she said this to me the other day, she said, I feel like you're approaching this situation as like, if you just pulled the right levers and push the right buttons, then your kids would do this. Right. And she was like, I think that's just a really high expectation on yourself. Like you're, it's really, it's really about them Mm -hmm. and they need to go through this. I know. And, um, I feel like I'll, I'm, here's my credit card. Thank you for the session. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I feel like that just, it completely changed my perspective of like, if I feel like I'm just this puppeteer managing it, I have to do all of these right things Mm -hmm. in this particular order and say these specific words to get my kids to a place where they're okay. Yeah. It's just too much pressure. It Mm -hmm. is. It is. Yeah. I was feeling that pressure and I'm thankful that I heard that now when my kids are little, because I yes. feel like that's the philosophy I'm going to take 
moving forward of like, there's just not a combination necessarily of right buttons to push and pull to pop out this perfect behavior or perfect looking human, perfect behaving human. And so. um, Well, and I realized that when that was happening at my high school reunion, that it had very little to do with Ethan and Ben but about me, right? about my ego of, oh, I'm showing up. Mm-hmm. I went to high school with these guys. Look at how great my kids are. Mm-hmm. It's this huge reflection on me. And so when it's going south and they're not cooperating, yeah. it was such a, a dash to my ego. Mm-hmm. And then I you know, got a little bit more even heady about it later of like, wow, I'm trying to love my, my children unconditionally, but clearly I don't because I love you more when you behave better. Right. Mm-hmm. When you that's make me just, look good. Exactly. That's yeah. just the gross truth to the whole thing. Can I love you even when you're not doing what I want you to do or ask you to do? Yeah. I mean, of course I still love them, but I really want them to do these things because it's this reflection on me. Mm -hmm. And that was a a tough insight to realize sometimes. Yeah. There's no way my daughter would get in a group picture. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, there, you, there go. you go. There's just right. No, no, no. Wouldn't happen. Yep. Yeah. She, I look back on it now. And I think, why did we even think that he was going to do that? And then Ben was just such a follower. But the the older one, Ethan. I mean, that's so on brand for him yeah. to be like, no, thank you. We were still learning. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Do you feel like um? Do you feel like with social media and kind of the age that we're in, do you feel like parenting? Um, is less judgy and less and more like about the kid, or do you feel like it's gotten like do you have perspective on that? Yeah. Is less judgy? I guess I'm feeling like maybe it's just the people that I follow <laughs> <laughs> who show their children also being like, no. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's less emphasis on behavior and more yeah. emphasis on like the whole child and I just feel like that's maybe just where we are at in 2022 that like there is a bigger emphasis on a whole being and not behavior. Yeah. Do you feel like that's true? I do. And I I feel like there's a huge emphasis and an expectation as a parent that you are going to meet and exceed every need that your child has. I mean, what is Jim Gaffigan says that, um, Mm, I yeah. have more pictures of my kid in my phone than I had interactions with my parents. No, he said, he said uh, <laughs> I have more pictures of my uh, kids than my dad ever even looked at me. Right. <laughs> and so I fun. love on the one hand that there is an expectation um, because it, it really scratches a relational itch for me that I've really enjoyed. But I think it was somewhat easier when all you were expected as a parent was to make sure your kids behaved no matter what mode you used for that. And that was job well done. Hmm. My kid is, you know, checking all these behavioral boxes. Um, so now I think that behavior is taking a back seat and there's an emphasis, I think more on connection and relationship. I think that's a good thing. Um, but sometimes there's the pressure of, I have to be the be all end all to my kid, solve every problem, be available for every single thing. I wonder if there's a balance to be had sometimes too, just within mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, gosh, I feel like I have so many things I want to ask you. Can I just put you, can I just text you with all my questions? You're right, sure. Like yeah. yeah. Again, we're a couple of imposters. So totally. Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah. Well, I feel like don't respond back quickly. It's because I'm, you know, researching a book or something to find yeah, the right answer for you because I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's just kind of what we're all doing is like yeah. Yeah, looking all, around being like, what yeah. did you do? And what did they totally. do? And tell me a story about that. It yeah. just helps us form a better picture of what we want to be. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so I feel like all perspectives are helpful, yeah. even if yeah, the perspective is like, oh, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Any and all perspectives, I think taking mm-hmm. in is important as you figure out kind of how you want to do this whole thing called parenting. So. Totally. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's a big responsibility. It's such a, it's such a gift, but it can be overwhelming at times. It feels like yeah. a really, really big deal. And it is, mm-hmm. you know, it is. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, thank you for your time. Thanks for yeah. being willing to talk to me. And when we were talking sure. about teenagers, Peter and I were going through being like, who could we have to talk about this? Who would you want to talk to? And like I said, I just remembered that moment at Juanita Elementary where Laura said she loved teenagers. And I was like, yeah. I want to talk to the yeah. Irish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. So. I mean, thank you for thinking of us. Yeah. I mean, when we read the email, we were like, are you kidding me? Oh, my word. But <laughs> so thank you. We, pre- we appreciate that you thought of us. And you can send me Ethan and Ben's information and I'll follow okay. and have them. <laughs> Get their side of the story. <laughs> totally. They'll be like, they like, this weirdo. Just yeah. yeah. No, they'll think it's funny. Well, yeah. thank you on behalf of yeah. all of us. Appreciate your time. Sure, okay. sure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.